Hey, 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 it's your girl, Leah M. Forney. Hope all is well. Listen, is it me or is it getting hot as heck out here? Like, seriously, here in the DMV area, y'all, we've been like hitting up in the 90s and I'm like, I do not live in the South no more. Why are we hitting 90 degrees? Like, summer is here. Like, for real, for real, it's here. Seriously. And listen, I'm praying for all of y'all that's, that live in like the Midwest, like Arizona and Vegas and California, where y'all just hot all the time. Um, Cause y'all got a different level of heat, seriously. But here in the DMV area, I'm just like, Psh, I'm over this heat already. Like seriously, I think heat makes me very agitated and very sleepy. That's why I don't go nowhere during the summer months. Like I stay in the house until the sun sets, like legit. <laughs> But before I get into the, today's episode and let you know who's going to be on today's episode, of course, I got to give y'all some updates. Listen, this past weekend, y'all, was absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. Like, I'm telling you, God has me in a, a season in my life where he's truly pushing me out of my comfort zone. And so I got to spend some time with one of my sissies, uh, Erica Nicole. Shout out to her. Uh, she came in from Oklahoma City this past weekend, spent a few days with me. We hung out. We went out to eat. We did brunch. We rode the Ferris wheel. We did, just like, when you talk about God pushing you out of your comfort zone, like, I have been living in the DMV area for three years, y'all. Three years. And some of the things that I got to do this weekend, <laughs> I have never done in the three years that I've been here. Ain't that sad? That's really sad. But... I believe in timing is everything. Um, you know, three years ago when I moved to the state of Maryland, uh, it was literally right after, um, not too long after the passing of Joseph. So I, three years ago, I was in a different headspace, mentally, emotionally, and all of that. Three years later, you know what I mean? Life is in a whole other direction and life is good. So I was excited. Like I was excited to explore DC. I was excited to really get out of my comfort zone this weekend. And then yours truly is in a documentary that's coming out in October. And so we were filming on Saturday. And when I tell you y'all, God showed up and showed out, like God showed up and showed out. Like when it was all said and done, there was not a dry eye in the building. Like, man, you talk about a move of God. It was amazing. So I definitely have a lot of behind the scenes pictures that I will be dropping on my website. So definitely make sure that y'all follow me on my website and subscribe www.leahm40.com. Of course, it'll be in the show notes. But um, also on my social medias, if you're on following me on social media, you can already see the behind the scenes. Um, your girl got nicely dolled up. My shout out to the makeup artist, Danica. She's amazing. Um, but she slayed the hair, she slayed the face. Like I look, I knew that I had was doing an amazing job and my face was beat when my 27 year old little cousin, who is like, she gets on me about every little thing. Right. I'm like her own. She's the only child of my aunt. So I'm like a big sister to her. And when she called me on video chat to tell me that I had slayed and that I better come through, I said, okay, I'm doing something now because that little girl don't never give that many compliments. So when she give compliments, you could take that one to the bank. So it was such an amazing experience. Um, I'm so excited. 
I'm so excited about what's to come. Seriously, I cannot wait to see it. I am in the process of planning my screening parties um, because I definitely want to do one virtually for all my friends who live in other states. But then I also want to do one in my hometown. Shout out to New York City. And definitely want to do one here in the DMV area as well. So definitely stay tuned uh, because I will be dropping that information once I have it all figured out. Uh, what else is going on? <laughs> Listen, so many things have happened. Um, I don't know if I told you guys that I did win the award. So I am uh, I am her international's woman on the rise 2021 and it's you know god has just been doing so many amazing things and i'm so so honored and humbled and i i can't thank him enough like i've been getting called left and right book book getting booked left and right and i will not complain i really will not complain so that's all the updates i have for you guys this week so as you know the month of june it's dedicating this podcast has been dedicated to the women that are on the Bless Not Broken Volume 3 anthology, which is actually getting ready to go into pre-sales next week. Like, pre-sale time, I'm so excited for these ladies. And so this month, I am interviewing each and every one of the co-authors on the Bless Not Broken Volume 3, um, which is by visionary author Tamara Mitchell Davis. And so tonight... I have on the show uh, Shante Graham, and she is actually one of the co-authors. And so I'm excited to hear her journey and hear how it's been for her, um, you know, being a part of this anthology, what she's learned about herself. So definitely stay tuned so we can hear this, so you can hear this amazing conversation between me and her. And of course, I'll be back with Thriver Nuggets. And we are back with another episode of Hey Queen Thrive. Listen, I told you guys in the month of June, I am sitting down with all the co-authors of the upcoming Bless Not Broken Volume 3 anthology, which is by the amazing, my business bestie, Tamara Mitchell Davis. And so I have another one of her co-authors with me tonight, Miss Shante Graham. How are you doing today? I am doing awesome. Yes. So Shante, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Shantae Graham. I'm from the great city of Palm Bluff, Arkansas, but I reside in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, up and coming, new Amazon best-selling author, speaking that into the atmosphere. Yes. And um, I work at ATC Scientific. I'm a chemist there, and that's just me. That's my life. Love it. I would have never thought you were a chemist. Like, how did how did you get into that? Well, that's now that was a journey. I went to school wanting to be a doctor. That, mm. that was what I wanted to do. Okay. But life happened. Yeah. And I worked at warehouses from the time I graduated college up until 2016 when I finally landed a job in my field mm. where I did my degree. And I have been working at this job. It will be five years in August. Wow. Working there for, yeah, five years. And that's basically how I, I, I got there. I started from the bottom and, and now I'm here. Now I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you are a new up and coming author. And I love new and up and coming authors. Like, 
because I remember my journey starting out. So you've been a part of this upcoming anthology, Bless Not Broken, Volume 3. Tell me about your experience. What was it like going through this? Okay, well, my I'm, I'm going to start when I first saw Tamara Mitchell Davis's like writing group. Mm-hmm. I was a part of, I joined in January 2020. Okay. And I was seeing the post of different things, but I wasn't really active. Mm-hmm. So January of 2021 is when I really just start paying attention to what's being said and what's going on. Yeah. And that's really how I came across this up and coming anthology project. And she was like, she had like three or four more spots left. And I was like, hmm, let me see, is there something I want to do? And yeah. I inboxed her and asked her, you know, more information about it. And once she told me that, I was like, hmm, I, I really don't know. Because first thing came to my mind, okay, it's the money. Yeah. I have the money. And, and the Lord just literally just hit me upside my head. Now, were you not just thinking the other day, Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk up on the waters wherever you would lead me. Yeah. Yes, 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 Lord, I hear you. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust that I can, that he's going to provide what I asked for, which is, he knew my heart's desire was to write. So he put it on my heart. Go ahead and tell her yes. And I have not had any issues because I let him lead me. Yeah. yeah. And, and here I am. Here yeah. I am. I love it. So when when you so you said yes, you get ready to get started. Was there ever a moment of fear, a doubt, like, oh Lord, what did I get oh, myself yes. into? Yes, yes, yes. From the first meeting, mm-hmm. I was like, Lord, I no, I don't talk to people. <laughs> I don't do this group thing. I'm no, I mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. I I can't know. Yeah. I think I made a mistake. Yeah. And that's how I was. But I I knew I was not the only one because many of us had said the same thing too. Mm-hmm. For our first time as well. And everybody was like, who wait a minute. What well, we done got ourselves into. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always that initial like, what did I just sign up for? Like, and then it's like gradually you start to get peace and calm and start to trust the process. But initially, yeah, it's one of those like, wait, what? You want me to, especially when it's a group. And I think that's because when you're working mainly as Black women, it's always that, you know, Black women can't work together. We always in competition. So I think a lot of times in anthologies, people come in with that bias, like, Oh, this is about to be some mess. And then y'all start to mesh and it realized like, oh, this really is like a sister. Like they become one of my sisters. So I love that. So how have you grown since day one to now? What does your transformation look like going through this journey to becoming an author? Well, now I don't mind being in a group. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm bolder. I talk more. I don't sink into the background like I used to be like, no, nah, let them talk and mm-hmm. let, let her slide over me, you know. But now I'm 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 bold bolder and I'm doing stuff that I would have never ever 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 thought I would do. I love it. 
I always say when you're writing a book, it's the transformation for the writer that is like so amazing. Like you write the book, you tell the story, it's, you know, for somebody to read, but it's what God does to you in the midst of it. It's how he develops you and how you grow and how you, you know, become bigger and better and bolder, like you said, in the process. Because I started seeing you go live and I was like, Exactly. That's the same Shantae. That's not the same Shantae. Exactly. <laughs> when I tell you, when he dropped that, that, that one thing, that lunchtime affirmations with Shani Marie, he dropped that in me after we had our meeting with Dr. Uh, Alita Bates. Mm-hmm. When I tell you, I just went and, and was not nervous. I just hit live and just started talking and it's been going strong for 19 days and I'm like, this is not me. Who is this woman on this live? Yeah. No, this is not me. Yeah. But I know it's it's nobody but God. It's, yeah. I know for sure that it's nobody but God. Yeah. And the thing is, it was always in you. He just needed something to help pull it out of you. So he put you in this type of environment amongst these type of people that's like, no, it's in you. Let me just help you pull it out. And that's why I say it's always the transformation. So I got to ask, tell us just a little bit about this chapter. What, what are you talking about in this chapter? Well, I'm telling my story about how I overcame low self-esteem, how the power of words can literally change the course of someone's life wow yeah wow yeah words are powerful I said I think I wrote something not too long ago and I was like thinking back God brought it back to my memory when we used to say sticks and stones may break my bones but words never hurt me and as a child I used to believe that as an adult I'm like that's a bunch of crap because words do hurt (laughs) yeah they really do her and so I love that. So, what was your journey like overcoming self low self esteem? What 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 was that like? Tears, um, a lot, a lot, a lot of tears. Yeah, therapy, mm. still still in therapy, yes. and let people know it's okay. It's okay to to have to have a therapist. It's okay. Yeah, because we especially in the black community are main ones that say, you don't need no therapist. You don't need no counselor. You got Jesus. Yes, that's true. But mm-hmm. baby, you need somebody to talk to. Yeah. To yeah. These things to get to the root of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's me. That's why I'm pushing. Go to therapy. It's okay. Go get you some therapy. The ones that's talking are the ones that's not going to be that happy when, when, all of this stuff get the bubbling up in you. Yeah, yeah. Come on now, y'all didn't heard of. She said, "Go to go sit on somebody's couch." Listen, I say it, and so many people always say. I tell people, you can have Jesus and therapy all at the same time. You do not have to choose. In fact, that His Word tells you that faith without works is dead. I tell people all the time. There's a practical side to your faith, and right. sometimes that practical look like I need to go sit on somebody's couch. Sometimes that practical look like I need to go pop this uh, Xanax pill or this anxiety pill and keep my mind stable. 
Right. That doesn't mean that I don't have faith because I'm doing those things. That means that God, I'm I'm showing you that I'm willing to put my trust in the people you placed in this world to do these things right. until you heal me. So right. I love that. I love that. I'm a therapist and I tell people all the time, I'm a therapist with a therapist. Listen, I see mine like clockwork. So <laughs> kudos to you for doing the work to make you a better person and right. you overcoming some things because we need to see more of us doing that. So I love it. So now I want to talk about this writing journey because I think a lot of times people think that writing a book is so very easy. Tell us about your writing journey. Was it easy for you? Was it hard? How did you know where to start? I didn't know where to start. Even after I had my one-on-one with Tamara, I was like, because she was like, which way are you going to go with this? And I had like three different ways I could take the story of what I wanted to say. And she kind of helped me hone in on what I wanted to do. But at the same time, I was like, do I really want to expose all of this stuff? Do I really want to be this vulnerable and tell people my business? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was, that's, I think that's what took the, the most out of me is just, just being vulnerable and say, okay, here it is. Mm-hmm. Out on the table. Mm-hmm. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you write in from real experiences. You know, right. it requires you to be to be vulnerable. And what I love about when you are on a writing journey is that I feel like that's the time that God allows you to work through those emotions and work through mm-hmm. those feelings. Because I always tell people there's nothing worse than like having to sell your book and you breaking down crying because then the people going to look at you like you're crazy because they want to <laughs> know why you who, who crying. Right. But right. if you're writing, because I tell people in every book. From the first one, and now I'm on book number eight, I boohoo cry. But I would rather do that and cleanse myself and get it out. So then when it's go time and it's time to sell this thing, like I could, like it's nothing. Right. So I love that. I love, love, love that. So I got to ask, what advice do you give? Now that you've done it, what advice (laughs) do you give someone who's like, you know, I think I want to write a book, but I I don't really know. What do you say? First of all, go and just take that leap of faith. Quit, quit doubting yourself. Believe in yourself and know that God is with you in the process and he will not lead you where he won't help you get through mm, it. Come on and preach to he the won't. people. He won't. He, because I was like, I don't know. I can't do this. But the Lord said, do you, do you trust me? Do you mm-hmm. really trust me? To take you through the process. Do you yeah. really, really trust him? Yeah. Just trust him. And then, uh, again, what Tamira would say, trust the process that's within it. yourself. <laughs> yeah. And just do it. I mean, this, it's just simple as that. Just do it. Start somewhere. If it ain't, ain't nothing but doing 20 minutes a day and just writing how you feel that day, That that's a start to something. Yeah. yeah. I love I love that. I love what you said about just do it. I, my favorite, I always say do it even with the fear, you know, because fear, you got to factor it in. You got to factor that you're going to feel doubtful. You're going to feel like, oh my God, can I really do this? I tell people all the time, every time I get ready to publish a book, I get anxiety and people will never believe that because they're like, you've been writing books. I'm like, yeah, okay. But that doesn't mean I don't get anxiety. And what helped me 
is that I believe it was Precious Brown. She said to me one day, she said, anxiety is a sign that you still need God to get you through. Right. <laughs> True. And when she said that, I was like, well, thank you for helping me to see anxiety differently. Cause I had <laughs> never thought about that. I just thought, oh my God, I'm about to release. I'm about to be vulnerable and tell my business. And what she said was so true that I'm relying on God to get me through. Right. So yeah, I love it. And just do it. Like, what you being a scared? Don't be afraid. Just take the leap. Jump. Just jump. Uh, just jump. <laughs> I love it. So before I got let you go, looking back, anything you would do differently? Now that no. you've gone through this journey? No, the process was was amazing. It was I learned so much about myself and also the process of becoming a writer. So yeah. I have no regrets at all. Yeah. None. I love it. And the beautiful thing about the process to becoming an author is it's the same process. Whether you join another anthology, whether you write a solo project, it's literally the same exact process. I tell people it's like rinse, wash, and repeat. That, that's it. You don't have to change nothing. It's the same process. So what do you got coming up next? Because I know you're working on something. So what, what you doing? Yes, I'm working on my solo project. Okay. Scarred but still alive is what I'm going to put yes. my. I and love that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it took me a minute. I was going back and forth on different names, but that one was the one that that stuck with me the most. Scarred, mm. but I'm still here. I'm still alive. Mm. And my prayer is that it will be released. Uh, I want it to be my birthday gift. My birthday is New Year's Day. So okay. I want it to be like a gift to myself. This is your own story by yourself. Happy birthday, girl. Yeah, I love it. Listen, and then they throw that right on the shirt because you know I I'd be quick to teach somebody how to capitalize that scar, right. but still alive. Yes, we need a mug, we need a t-shirt. Listen, yeah. all of it. Put a whole bundle together. You get the signed copy with the t-shirt. What you what you want? Exactly. Exactly. I absolutely love that. Well, I'm proud of you, and I'm so so excited to see all that you do. Cause I know this is just the beginning. And as you continue to like branch out and get more comfortable in who you are, who God has called you to be, I know that you're going to do an amazing, amazing thing. So definitely excited for you. Definitely. You. And Thank so before I let you go, how do people connect with you? Where can they find you? Um, you can email me at shawneemarie at gmail.com. On Facebook is Shantae M. Graham. On Instagram, it's Shani Marie. And on Twitter, it's Shani Marie, the number two in the letter U. Okay, y'all heard it. Make sure y'all connecting with these ladies. Thank you so much, sis, for coming through. I'm so excited to see all that you do. Yay! <laughs> I'm excited too. Another amazing guest here on Hey Queen Thrive. Shout out to Shantae Graham. Uh, we so appreciate you, lady, just coming through and sharing with us the, your journey on the road to becoming an author. I'm, I've told you before, and I'll say it publicly, I'm excited for you. 
I cannot wait to see all that you do, not only with this book, but the many books to come. Y'all, make sure y'all are following her. Make sure y'all connecting with her. Tune in for her lunchtime with Shawnee. Like, I love her lunchtime affirmations with Shawnee. They're so dope. Definitely connect with her on social media. Um, and again, we just appreciate you for coming over to Hate Queen Thrive and sharing with us again, Shantae. So best of the luck, best wishes in all that you do. And I'm just super excited for you and proud of you. So, of course, there can never be another Hey Queen Thrive episode without, you already know, Thriver Nuggets. And so I thought that for this week's Thriver Nuggets, we could talk about one of our dear friends um, that are, is actually an enemy. <laughs> Self-sabotage. Listen, we've all been there. I've been there. It's horrible, right? And so I wanted to talk about some different types of self-sabotaging habits, right? When it comes to different things in our lives from how we approach change to how we do take care of ourselves to how we manage our time and energy, our relationships, how we get along at work and do work. And then we're going to wrap it up with um, some habits of self-sabotage when it comes to money. So, Here are some examples of self-sabotaging habits when it comes to how you approach change. Now, this is for those of you that may be like, I'm terrified of change or I don't like change. Um, And so you might self-sabotage. And so, uh, number one, you expect yourself to succeed in making life changes without designating any time or mental space to accomplish them. Or... You see your capacity to change as being dependent on other people's behavior. So, for example, you exercise more or make more or make better spending choices if your spouse or significant other was more supportive and on board. Right. So you connect your ability to change based on what everybody else is doing. You're a perfectionist who is dismissive. of incremental improvement, and you're only satisfied when 100% of the problem is fixed, right? Or you're too busy chasing cows to build a fence. You're too busy to come up with the processes or systems that help you better manage your time. So if these four sound like you, you may be exhibiting some self-sabotaging habits when it comes to how you approach change in your life. Listen, like the church, like my pastor would say, if you can't say amen, say ouch. Now, let's talk a little bit about self-care and how we self-sabotage in self-care. So your approach to pleasure is a denial binge cycle. So you deny yourself simple pleasures and relaxation, then you stay up all night long and watch Netflix. Or you ignore the warning signs that you need a break. Mmm, that's good. I think I've done that. I think that I have done that several times in my life where my body and my mindset has said, yo, you need a break. And I have been like, nope, I got to keep pushing. I got to keep pushing. Now that I read that out loud, I'm like, ah, talk about ouch, self-sabotage, right? Or you hold back from doing the things you want to do because of the thoughts that I can't, Right? So you say things like, I can't take a dance class until I've lost weight. I can't, like one of the things that I want to do, and y'all probably going to think I'm crazy, but like I really would love to learn how to pole dance, 
right? But the thing that I tell myself I can't do is because I'm a curvy girl and I'm a thick girl, right? I try to tell myself, oh, I can't pole dance because <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get up on the pole because of my size. Might be practicing some self-sabotage, y'all. Mm -mm. All right, let's talk about it when it comes to our time and energy. So you may be practicing self-sabotage if you waste a lot of time and emotional energy reinventing the wheel, right? Such as writing a new packing list each time you take a trip or continually resetting passwords you forget rather than take the time to set up a password manager. Dang, look, <laughs> again, I'm like, ouch. Because So here's the funny thing. I actually have a password manager, right? I don't utilize my password manager. And so then I do do exactly what they said, which is I'm constantly resetting my passwords because I can't seem to remember my password. And so instead of just utilizing my password manager, which is what that's for, right? Um, I just put myself in a position where I'm constantly resettling, resetting passwords. Ugh, didn't even realize that was self-sabotage. Um, all right, next reason why you may be practicing self-sabotage that is draining you of time and energy. You need better routines that work for you. So for example, you go to the grocery store every second of the day because you're always running out of basic items. So are you that type of person that probably has to visit a grocery store at least once or twice a week versus being the type of person that has the grocery list together, you know, pre-plans, knows when they need, you know, make sure that they get everything they need before it runs out. Because if you're not, if you're not that, you might be practicing self-sabotage. Uh, other people in your life defer all decision-making to you rather than taking up some of that burden. You allow this pattern rather than empowering them to make decisions. So you may be practicing self-sabotage, which is draining you of time and energy if you are the go-to person to make decisions for everybody instead of empowering them to make the decision for themselves. I know you can't say I know you can't say amen, so go ahead and say ouch, right? Because I know, listen, I've been guilty of it, but I also know so many other women who have been guilty of it right? Where they make the decision for somebody because it's just easier versus empowering them to make the decision for themselves. Hmm. And another way that you can be practicing self-sabotage that drains you of your time and energy is that in situations in which you can choose to be happy or miserable, you choose to be miserable. Oh, again, if you cannot say... <laughs> If you cannot say amen, say ouch, okay? Now let's talk a little bit about how you self-sabotage in your relationships because we all do it. I have been guilty of it myself. So when a relationship needs, when a relationship needs improving, you over-focus on decreasing negative interactions, but under-focus on increasing positive interactions and shared experiences. Or... You throw stones from a from your glass house. You complain about other people's behavior when you need when you need to make the same change yourself. Dang, I've been that person, y'all. Listen, your your host Leah M. Forney is over here admitting that I've been that person. I have been that person that has complained about other people's behavior instead of pointing a finger inward and saying, "How can Leah stop reacting and learning to and learn to respond instead." So that, that's good. 
Another way that you can be self-sabotaging in your relationships is you repeat strategies for trying to influence others that are not effective 90% 90 of the time. For example, you you are repeatedly nagging your spouse or significant other when that doesn't even work. Or you operate based on how you think a situation should be rather than dealing with reality. For example, you think your spouse or significant other should be able to remember to do a particular task. Mm. And then the last way you could be self-sabotaging in your relationships is you have emotional raw spots that when triggered result in out-of-proportion reactions. You don't have effective methods of managing your emotions and behavior when childhood hurts and traumas are reactivated. That's been me. That has been me. Listen, I'll give you a backstory. When I was um in my last relationship, uh, I always say that relationships have a way of exposing those childhood traumas and those those childhood wounds. And so in my last relationship, um, when he was a communicator, I was not, right? I, I'm from New York City. Um, I come from the hood. Like, I'm a, con- a confrontational person or was a confrontational person all day long, right? And so I remember being in that relationship and he was such a communicator. And so he was the type of person that can express how he felt, you know, and and, and get it across nicely. Whereas I, more rough around the edges, you know, would cuss and fuss, and fuss right? And so I remember... Me and him got into an argument one time and he walked away from me. And y'all, when I tell you that thing reactivated them childhood hurts and traumas, like it instantly I felt abandoned. And I went down this really dark rabbit hole real quick because I felt like, oh my God, he's going to leave me. Like I started telling myself all these stories, right? <laughs> Not realizing that I was self-sabotaging myself because as I was telling myself these stories, what I began to tell myself was like how to protect me if he decides to walk away. And so how I had to learn to undo that, and we'll talk about how to undo our self-sabotaging in another episode, was I just had to be honest about where I was. I had to be honest about my childhood traumas. I had to be honest about my abandonment issues. And then I had to communicate them to him. And so because he was a great guy, one of the things that he was able to do was that when we did argue, and we didn't always argue that often, he would say to me, I'm not walking away from you. I'm walking away from this argument, which helped me to feel less abandoned in the moment. So yeah, that one that one right there is deep. All right, let's talk about self-sabotaging habits when it comes to your work life. So you self-generate stress. So for example, you start more projects than you have time to finish. I've been guilty of it. <laughs> you work on low priority tasks believe high priority task undone. You overwork when what you really need is to step back and see the bigger picture. You were self-critical when self-acceptance and compassion would would have would have a more positive impact on your behavior and emotions. Yeah, I think I've self-sabotaged a few times in my work life. I could be honest and say that for sure. And then the last part of self-sabotage that I really wanted to talk about is when it comes to our money, because we do have self-sabotaging habits when it comes to our money. So one way that you could be self-sabotaging when it comes to your money is you hold back from investing or otherwise taking charge of your money because of shame, 
and anxiety about a bad decision or experience from years ago. So for example, you made a poor investment decision in your 20s and now you're in your 30s and you are too afraid to invest again. Or you overpay for items due to risk aversion. For example, you could buy a generic printer for a fraction of the cost of a brand name, a brand name ink, but you overpay for a sense of security. Or you will overpay for minimal extra gain. For example, you'll spend more for a top of the line model when the extra with when the extra features that model offers are not even particularly important to you. Or you've made financial decisions based on being sucked into marketing incentives when those decisions don't make logical sense. For example, you'll pay $40 more to stay at a hotel that belongs to a particular chain because you collect their loyalty points when realistically the points are only worth $10 or $15. Hmm. And the last way would be self-sabotage. And I promise you, y'all, I'm ready to throw a shoe just reading this because <laughs> it's so me. But I'm getting better. You keep paying for subscriptions you rarely use. Ugh. Talk about a mic drop. Y'all, I promise you that is me and I'm getting better. I swear I am. I have, I have literally, there was at one point, y'all, I kid you not, where my subscriptions was like a hundred bucks a month. And I literally started looking at them and I was like, what am I paying a hundred bucks a month for? Like real talk. And when I really looked and like not even half, I would say maybe one third of my subscription list was what I was using. Everything else I wasn't using. And I was like, nope, I got to cut it off. I got to cut it off. So self-sabotage, y'all. We all do it. We all do it. And that's some of the types of ways that we self-sabotage in our different in different areas and different sectors of our lives. But there's always a solution. There's always a way to get up out of it. And so definitely... You're going to have to tune in, tune in again next week to talk when we talk a little bit about how we can get out of our self-sabotaging space and get out, of our, get out of our own way so we can truly be successful and truly live the life that we are creating and desire to live. And so this concludes another episode of Hey Queen Thrive. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in each and every week to hear all these amazing experts. And so definitely tune, again, tune in again next week because I'll be back with another Power Pack episode and another amazing expert. Until then, peace and blessings and be safe.